0: To Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us again on this episode of Kingdom Come. We are glad you are tuning in and we're going to continue on the series Pursuing a Pure Heart. So turn with me to Psalms chapter 51, verse 10. David. Makes a definite request before God. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You see, men do not pray and pursue for what they don't really believe is of that necessity, of that importance. So that's why this episode we want to focus on praying for a pure heart. And I'm going to make a case. Why? You need to pray for it. You see, we pray for healing. We pray for finances. We pray, you know, somebody says, push, pray until something happens. And we are praying for for revival. We are praying for a great awakening in America. We are praying for the reaching of the... We are praying for so many things, but we have forgotten to pray that God will give us a clean heart. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't have a clean heart because that's between you and God but what I'm I'm gonna show you and I've been showing you that it is possible as a matter of fact when you look throughout the Gospels the letters that Paul uh, wrote and other uh, apostles they wrote out they were to believers and they were telling them you need to get right with God you know the fruits of the Spirit and the works of the flesh appear side by side but that writing wasn't to unbelievers it was to believers, and why? Because God is highlighting the things that will corrupt a clean heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. This is what happened: when you got saved, you got a, you got you become a new creation. But the Bible says that as you walk. You know, in John chapter 13, you know, Jesus is having this supper with his disciples and they're wondering about washing. And we're going to delve in that in, the, in another episode about that. But he said, you know, you are clean except your feet. Why did he mean only the feet are dirty? Because the feet, that was a figure of speech because the feet, they are the only part of your body that touch the ground. Touch the dirt. To or simplify, basically uh, illustrate that when you don't wash your feet or your walk as you walk daily, you need to wash. You have gotten saved. That's what he meant by saying you are clean. Your sins are forgiven. You are clean. But the moment you begin to walk and make contact with the world the world you live in, now you're getting it. He says you're going to get, your feet are going to get dirty. That's why you need to wash your feet, your walk, your walk needs to be bathed in the blood. And I'm going to show you in a separate episode because we don't want to rush into this is of utmost importance to you and I. If you never saw anything, seek this because without it, you cannot enter heaven with it anyways. So if you don't get this figured out right now and becomes a part of your everyday existence as you pursue life, as you pursue God, as you walk with God, everything is in vain. Amen. Amen. So I believe, I am persuaded. It's been several years now since God got a hold of me. And he showed me the, 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 just the corruption in my own heart. And here I was, a preacher. I'm preaching the gospel. Miracles, signs and wonders are happening. But there are things within that the Holy Spirit is saying, you you got to marry, and, and marry me. And if you're going to marry me, and if you're going to be together and become one, there are things in you that I need to be let go. You see, there are some uncircumcised things that cannot enter into the holy of holies. And God began to to call me on this journey, and He said, "You've got to let your idol, you've got to let your other lovers go." I don't know what are your lovers. I don't know what are your lovers. Others is mammon. Others is success. Others is even ministry. And He told me, "Son, it's not even about the ministry. It's even it's my ministry after all. I want you." As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit one day say, Andrew, if I can't have you, I don't want your ministry. Because you're ministering, if you're not ministering as a pure heart, out of a clean hands, lifting clean hands, and a pure heart before God, all that is rubbish. All that is an abomination before Him. Your sacrifice doesn't mean anything. Because He's not interested in our works. The Bible says that a humble and a contrite heart, he will not despise. He is not pleased with sacrifices. David tells us all he will give him because he had plenty. But he says, I know a humble and a broken spirit, you're pleased and you're delighted. Amen. So, beloved, when we get a hold of this reality that this is the hour and this is the last hour. And God is calling us to back to his standard, not our standard. You see, we have created God in our own image. You see, I have, God has to be what I think he is. <laughs> no, he doesn't. You see, God has to do things the way I, I understand them or else I go elsewhere. You see, on September nine, when God, uh, Jesus, appeared to me and he's showing me his prophetic vision and the great turning away, I, I shed tears in his eyes. And this was believers turning away. In the midst of the chaos, people had built God in their own image. And now when the shaking was happening, when the world around them was being shaken and things are not aligning with their theology, they were turning away because that's not the God they believed. You see, the God they believed cannot take you through any tribulation, cannot take you through any pain. You see, the God they believed is a God who just blessed you, but He also is the God who released persecution. In Acts, we see when the church got comfortable. Bible says, you know, God causes the scattering, the the church began persecuted, and guess what? And Philip goes down to Samaria, and then we find out, as a matter of fact, he's anointed as an evangelist. Why? But that was after the church. Had lost their buildings, their establishment, and all their comfort zones. Now they're becoming the church. And I'm telling you, persecution is coming to America. It's coming not only to America. What I saw was on every continent. And I said, God, please, take me before this unfolds. Because I don't want to be a part of it. And God says, that's why I'm calling you and my church to awake. To bring people back to me. And to prepare them in the reality of holiness and righteousness. Because it hinges on it. How is the world... Going to want to follow God. If we don't look like him. How are we going to preach to the world. When we behave like the devil. I mean come on. You see we have to be real. And I say this with all humility. Because the the grace of God. That God has given me. And has put on me. Is in my own I can't. Because it's huge of a burden. You know, when you've seen something and you've seen the eyes of the Lord burning in the fire in his eyes and and he's he's in tears over his bride. And he says, awake, awake, oh you sleeper. That's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Awake. But he said it begins with holiness and righteousness returning to the church, to the household of faith where God will begin to come not only to visit once in a while and say, oh, by the way, we had a little bit of Holy Ghost going on. We had a little bit of something happen. When God comes and He stays because He's pleased to be there and He's from the people that He can take a hold of and He can trust them with the good news and the power and the anointing of His Son and send us into the world. Oh, beloved, this is what has consumed me. And I believe it's my prayer that it becomes your, your occupation. It becomes your obsession. Because I'm telling you, it hinges on it. If God is going to release heaven to touch earth, He's looking for a vessel, for a sanctuary that is holy, that is pure. So He can place His anointing, His glory, His power. hmm you see when we pray for a clean heart it has to be a definite praying you can't say God I want a little bit you see we have talked about being close to God uh, nearer to God that's really not scripture God wants to be one with you he wants a marriage not just a little you can't be married a little bit here you you are my wife you are my husband you're just a little bit here and we are that's a good that's not a good a good marriage a good marriage there is intercourse there is exchange of love and action and affection and, and there's just there's just that call that I call it the divine exchange that he's looking for but you see you have to become convinced you have to be persuaded by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God you see the publican in Luke 18 verse 13 listen what he says but the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to the heaven as he beat his breast saying God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God showed him mercy and forgave his sin. But the Pharisee was in the corner bragging about how he's not like any others. You see, we have been in prayer meetings. When we are not really praying, we are preaching to God. I thank you, God, that I'm saved. I'm not like those out there. And God said, yeah, but I want to save them through you. It's high time you began, began to have my vision, my eyes, to see that those, the reason I saved you and I placed you there. So you can begin to be my light and to be the soul and to be my hand and feet and my mouth, my hand, because I want to touch them. Oh, wow. Now, in that prayer room, the Pharisee in the other corner and the publican who was so broken and contrite in his, the Bible said he would not even lift up his eyes. Because he realized the immensity of his iniquity and his sin. And he said, God, have mercy on me. It has to be definite when you're pursuing a clean heart. You have to go to God and say, God, like David, search me. Oh, God, examine my heart and know me, anything that is there. And I'm telling you, you're going to know another person in you that you have never known. Why? Because you have dared to ask. But see, God, I'm going to show you that in this pursuit, it's not you working it. But it has to begin to be a definite quest, a definite pursuit and prayer. I read a story of this one lady. She came onto the altar after minister, preaching on a pure heart, like I'm preaching right now, made an altar call. And this lady came out to seek a pure heart. At the end, when they asked, she said no I actually I just came for a deeper work of grace." and so they asked her how deep she wanted it he said no I should not want enough just to make me holler no she doesn't want enough if she I just want a little bit more but I don't want to holler I don't if God is gonna roll me on the carpet and put me in travailing and weeping and crying and make a fool of myself I don't want that I just want a little bit of more religion you see, you don't get anything from God because it has to be definite. You see, when you say, oh, you know, I hear people say, I have surrendered this and I have surrendered that. No, that's not surrender. Surrender is you. You don't just say, oh, Lord, I just surrendered now my hand and I'll surrender now my leg and I'll surrender my money. No, no, you don't. Say, you're sur- he wants you. Because if he has you, he has your eyes, he has your money, he has your leg, he has your hands, he has everything. Amen. That's why when he has your affection, he has everything about you. You see, that's why this has to be definite. A pursuit of yours and mine. John fourteen twenty three. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Did you hear that? He's then say, Oh, if you love me and pursue me, you're going to get a deeper walk. That's too, that's, that's too vague. Just to be this, he says, If you love me and my Father, we love you. My Father and I and the Holy Spirit, we're going to come. And actually, we're not just going to be close to you, just to be close to you, like we sing in the church. No, I don't want to be close to God. I want to be lost in God. Now I get it. That was 2003 when I was in Durango, Colorado. When he began to say to me, marry me. It took me five years to get it. But he took me on a journey. And when I thought I had surrendered, he said, no, you haven't. You're giving me. I want it all. I said, Lord, why? you have it all. They said, no, I'm going to show you how I want it. And, and I'm going to show you what I want. And he said, in the end, he said, I want you. You see, most of the time we say, Lord, I give you my heart. But none and not No, don't don't send me to China. I give you my soul uh, but not when you're going to take my Benjamin. You see? That that's, that's that's not wanting him. That's not wanting to be one. Because it is conditional. There are conditions on your part. You see there are conditions and there are interests on your part that still Keep him at bay until you really want him. You see, because we are not just to seek a deeper walk. Come on, what is it? How deep? How, how deep? How will you know you are deep enough? <laughs> Amen. We say, I, I just want to be close to God. Well, how, how, how will you know you are close now to God? The Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God and he was what? He was no more. I mean, the man became so real, so one with God. And God was like, you know, you don't even need to go through all the other stuff. Just come on over. That's how tight they were. Ooh, yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. This is reality. This is achievement. I'm telling you, we can have it. We can have it. But we have because, you see, faith comes by hearing. And, and hearing by the word of God. You see, you begin to have faith... In the areas that your mind is being renewed. Okay? If you read about finances and you study about finances and how to make good, you're going to become good because every day you're training your mind in that area. But guess what? We haven't trained our mind in seeking a pure heart. We have trained our minds in the areas of healing and evangelism and missions and all these things. And they are wonderful. I'm a missionary myself, but guess what? I'm more effective when I have a pure heart. Amen. We are dangerous because we have nothing to lose. As a matter of fact, we have lost it all already. Amen. You see, Jesus did not die on the cross at Calvary. That was only the physical manifestation of the death that had happened in the garden. When he said, Lord, this is too heavy for me, not my will. He threw up his hand and said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. After that, there was nothing else they could do to him that had not happened already. Because when he threw up his hand, he said, God, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He was a dead man. When they took him and they strapped him and he took off his clothes and whooped him, he had already experienced the agony of the heart and the soul and the death to self that needed to happen. By the time they took him on the cross, he was already a dead man. and he was re- That's why he's standing between two thieves and he's forgiving. Why? He has nothing to lose. He's already a dead man. There's nothing you could do to a dead man. Amen? <laughs> you see, in this experience, it's not, there's no room for selfishness. There's no room for pride. There's no room for that. Otherwise, yes, we are going to be good people. We'll go to church. We'll do our duties. We'll even serve God. But that's why the Bible tells us in Luke that there are those that at the end will care, Lord, Lord, we did all these things. They missed out on the pure heart. That's how we cast out demons. <laughs> Let me tell you a little testimony here. I preached one time in this state, in this town, On holiness. And the brother was convicted so hard that the next day he came to the house where I was staying, 8 in the morning, so upset, so angry that I'm asking people to repent and get right with God. And his answer was, Well, I might be in this sin, but guess what? God used me the other day. And I said, Don't mean anything. God will use you because you're available. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that He endorses your behavior. So the deception was, as long as God can use me, he must be happy with my my sin. Maybe he's not too upset with my sin, because after all, and I said, brother, I don't care how huge your resume is. I told him, I said, right now, it's between you and God, but if you're angry, don't be angry at me. Ask God, what does he want you to do? And he said, he wants me to repent. I said, then do that. And right there, boom, the Holy Spirit touched him, he repented, and he left happy. But you see, the self, part of him, told him, no. The pride said, you cannot. You're going to lose control. I mean, look, God used you yesterday and the other day. He's not so that upset. It's not that important that you have a clean heart. It's not important that you walk holy and pure and upright before God. It's not that bad. And that's a lie. Maybe you are watching. And the enemy has sold this bill of goods to you. It's time to repent. You see, God is not just looking for a little bit of us. Luke 11, verse 11 through 13. Listen to this. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will he instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The case I'm making today is you can have if you make a definite ask. Because God says, if you who are evil know how to to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give a clean heart those who ask he gave it to David and he can give it to you and I amen and I know sometimes you may have to go through the agony of the dying. I've been through that several times myself where the Holy Spirit, I could hear the Holy Spirit presenting me before the Father. I mean, in words and groanings that cannot be uttered in words, in English or any other language, but the Holy Spirit travailing before God. And when that experience is done, I know I have a clean heart. Oh, what a delight it was. It took me a close to probably five to seven hours. Locked in the room. I couldn't leave even if when I wanted. I would get up and then boom. I go back down on my knees. And I'm praying until my mouth is dry. And I can't leave. Because God wanted to give me something much more. You see this is an experience. That you and I can have. See there was a story of a black man down south. After the evangelist had presented the gospel. Made the call. He said no to the call. They asked him at the end why he didn't get converted. He said, No, I just don't like the process. <laughs> he said, the, the message is good, the, the news, but it's just the process I don't like. And I believe there are many in the church that would rather have a little bit of what religion, I'm not even going to call it God, because religion is not really God. Because God wants a love, heart, supernatural, divine relationship with us. That's not religion. That's intimacy. It's a divine exchange going on between you and your creator. But he said, no, the the process of dying the self, that's too much for me. I have to give up my Benjamin and my idols and I have to smash him and I've grown to love him. Amen. And there's wonderful people that love the Lord but they haven't come to a place where they want to go deeper Not just a little bit close, but into the fullness. And I believe that's the necessity of a pure heart that we need to get a hold of. Maybe you're watching. And you say, brother, I need a pure heart. I don't know how. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Even right now as I'm speaking, He's speaking to you. What you need is not to fight it, but get ready. Because we're going to show you how to pursue this and how to have it. You see, the prayer has to be definite. You see, a sinner doesn't get saved just because they came to the altar. I have done crusades around the world. I I always tell them, don't worry about repeating after me. You have to have a conversation with God. You have to know that you are a sinner. You have violated God's laws and you need him so bad. I can't put words in your mouth. You have to talk to God. I can help you point to him right here, but you have to make a definite ask. Ask him to save you. Ask him to forgive your sin. Ask him for eternal life. You see, it's a definite ask. When you're asking God for a pure heart, it's a definite ask. You ask God, like David, creating me a pure heart. Amen. You, you don't mess around. Amen. Because God says that whatever you shall ask, according to my will. Right? John 15 verse 7. Whatsoever. Now I like the key word there. For me is whatsoever. That includes a pure heart. I could come to God and say, God, I know my heart is filthy. I've just discovered, the, I mean, the Holy Spirit just exposed some things. And I know I need. You see, this is the thing. David, after he had all that stuff that he did before God, I wonder, because when you look in Psalm 51, he begins out pleading for God's mercy. And then he confesses his sin. And then he asks God to wash him and to cleanse him, Right? And then he says, I acknowledge my sin and my iniquity is ever before me. But it's in verse 10. I don't know. I believe the Holy Spirit must have told him, David, just ask for a new heart. Amen. God, I refer you to Psalm 51 because I studied it on over and over. I mean, he, he repents, he confesses, he acknowledges, he goes through the things. But, you know, and, and he, he's washed several times and he asked God to wash him. But when he gets to verse 10, he said, God, I want a clean heart. I just want to create in me. I want an exchange. I want a new heart that only you can give and you can maintain. I believe he had reached to a place where the conviction of the Holy Spirit was real. And it became real to him that he needed a heart that was clean, that was pure before God and only God. And so he cried out. You see, I can't do that for you. I can't do that for me. But you can do that for yourself. But you have to reach to that point. And uh, beloved, you have to reach to that point when you know that you just don't want to be a good Christian. You want to be a Christian that is transformed into the image of God. And that image includes a pure heart. You see, because many people talk about uh, being transformed into his image. What image? An image of holiness. Pure heart. Clean hands. Amen. Because Psalm 24 tells us that without those, you can't see God. You can't see God. And so it has to be your heart's desire, your affections to be washed, to be saturated. And I'm going to show you. There's even an an experience of the circumcision of the heart. And the Bible says it's by the Spirit. And beloved, oh, how glorious it is. I've gone through it several times. (laughs) I told you, as you walk on this earth, as you get contaminated, the Holy Spirit is there to cleanse you and to clean you and to help you stay on track. Amen? This is not met belief. This is reality. And it can be yours. To watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God, please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you.